Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. You know, it seems like every year around this time, I get questions from church leaders like you who are looking to hire a youth pastor, another ministry role, maybe a senior pastor. If you've been in the church world for any amount of time, you know that finding a good, long-term, healthy fit for your church can be tough. But it's critical for your church to truly thrive into what God is calling you to be. That's why I encourage churches to check out my friends at Chemistry Staffing. Chemistry is committed to helping churches like yours of all sizes find a long-term healthy fit. That's their thing. In a time when the average pastor stays at church for, for maybe two and a half to three years, listen, Chemistry is working to help churches find someone who will stay there for five years or longer. I am convinced that they can help you do that. Right now, Chemistry is affer- offering, not offering, offering my listeners an incredibly helpful resource to download to help you in the search process. It's, it's at chemistrystaffing.com forward slash unseminary. And what it is, is it's their resume screening playbook. This is incredibly helpful. It's a helpful tool that they use to actually go through resumes that are being submitted to your search team. So you're going to get a bunch of resumes. You need to come up with a process to screen all them. And this tool will help you do this. It's going to save you an incredible amount of time. When you're there, go ahead and book a 30-minute free consultation. Let them know that Rich sent you. Again, we'd love for you to go over to chemistrystaffing.com forward slash unseminary. All right, let's jump in with today's episode. Let's go. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. I am so glad that you have decided to tune in today. You are in for a real treat. Uh, We have my friend Krista Hesselink with us now, oftentimes on the podcast, who's now multiple times on the podcast, by the way, which does not really ever happen. So you know that this is going to be good right off the top. Oftentimes on the podcast, I have people on that I don't really know. But Krista is not in that case. Krista is a friend from the real world that I want to make sure that you lean in and listen to her. Uh, She's been in my own life, one of those voices that just every time we've connected, I find myself growing uh, from. And so I'm just super excited to be uh, to have Krista on the show. Welcome, Krista. So glad you're here. Yeah, Rich. Thank you. It's a pleasure being back again and uh, love what you're doing here. Nice. Why don't so you run an organization called Soul Play, which I just love the name. I'm like just the name alone, <laughs> Soul Play. I'm like Krista is a paid professional communicator. She came up with a great name. Uh, tell us about Soul Play. Uh, what, what do you do? What is that? Yeah. What is well, and actually, the name uh, came to me when I was on sabbatical a number of years ago, and I wasn't even really looking for a name. I was more just musing on what on earth am I supposed to be doing now that I have gotten out of full-time ministry and need to figure out what is the next thing. And, um, and I was on a walk. Like all good things come to me on walks, Soul Play came to me. So uh, Soul Play is this uh, organization that I have started, which is designed to help people slow down so that they can wake up to their life their life in God. Mm-hmm. And not just so that they will slow down and wake up, but that they will slow down and wake up so that they will love well. Mm. To love themselves well, 
to love others well, to love God well, to love the world around them well. That is the point. So sometimes people are like, you, you know, you do a lot of work in retreats and workshops and spiritual direction, and you really help me slow down. And I'm like, great, because don't we all need some help to figure out how to slow down? But we also need help to figure out how to wake up, you know, to sort of notice, to be very present. And all of that is in service of loving better and loving well. So that's, that's soul play, soul play, slow Love down. Wake so up friends, up. as you can tell already, you know, the, you, you are, we're in for a treat today and we're just going to be super helpful and enriching for you as we uh, attempt to learn and grow and lead in this strange world. I thought this would be particularly a good time to have you on, you know, we're a year plus beyond the the pandemic and I was actually just last night we had we had some friends over, which was felt a little bit odd. It's like the first time we've had people in our house mm-hmm. in quite a while. And uh, friends of ours, she's a um, pharmacist at a hospital, and we were joking because she was saying early on in the pandemic, she was actually the voice of like, "This will all pass. Do not worry. Like, why are we worrying about it?" And she said, "Like, oh, I was obviously wrong." <laughs> um, and we were saying, like, at the time, this time last year, we were all thinking, "Well, this will be over in a month. This will be over in." two weeks. And we find ourselves still very impacted, you know, church leaders that are listening in to, to incredibly impacted. Mm-hmm. What are you seeing, not necessarily just on the pandemic, mm-hmm. but, you know, more broadly about the people that you're engaging with at Soul Play and beyond? How, where are people at? What, what, are, what are you thinking about this these days or on that front? Yeah, I mean, uh, when I when I went into this work, much before the pandemic, I I knew that people needed to learn how to slow down and to kind of go move inward to the inner terrain of their life, to process, to ground in God. Um, and, and because I was one of those leaders who didn't do that so well, to be honest. And, um, and, and now, now one year in uh, church leaders and, and, and ministry folk are, are noticing just how much stuff is in them, you know? And there's a certain point where you're like, you just can't push it away anymore. And pain has a a real clarifying agent to it. And I think that um, leaders are sometimes afraid to feel that vulnerable and that uncomfortable with where things are at, whether it's their own leadership, the you know choices that they've made in the past, the inability to know how to make choices for the future, and it just brings up a lot of insecurities. And a lot of a lot of great leaders really know how to get it done. <laughs> mm. <laughs> they sure. they work hard, and it's about accomplishing and achieving. Um, that's the measure of success, and. And what I am learning and what I am observing is that actually our primary work is to slow down, to stop, to ground in God, to center ourselves first. That's our primary work so that we can observe the habits of our thinking, habits of our emotional terrain, because those are the places that are the birthplace of all the decisions that we make. Mm-hmm. And if we don't slow down, we don't get to see those things. We don't, we don't notice them. And, and then when we notice them, we might go, oh, I don't really like to notice that so much. The waking up part can actually be pretty difficult. So uh, that, that's when I work with church leaders. But you asked in general what I'm also mm-hmm. finding, and, and I think this is not just pandemic related, but I think it's amplifying by the pandemic, and your leaders are going to know this as they listen, the state of the church at this point in history 
um, is, is really challenged. And there are a lot of people, church leaders, committed ministry folk, uh, mature Christians in congregations who are like, I kind of feel like I'm done. And I, I I don't either. It's like, I can't do online church anymore, but it's way beyond the, I can't do online church anymore. It's something is not working for me here. And either I feel like I have a very complicated relationship with the church, or I feel like I am unraveling some things and I'm walking in a wilderness, whether it relates to my connection to the church or my, even my understanding of who God is. And People are looking and longing for a safe place to be companioned and to walk through that wilderness, because that's the sort of stuff that goes underground. That's the stuff that that people end up feeling very isolated from. And so as a work in spiritual direction and coaching that I do, I, I meet with a lot of people who are not giving up on God, not giving up on their soul, but absolutely are um, are disillusioned and um, disoriented. Mm-hmm. And wanting to yeah. to find companionship, so absolutely. And we, we've talked in other contexts that you know one of the things that's pretty clear here, post a year post pandemic, you know, there's a bunch of studies that have shown that basically twenty percent of the people that were attending church a year ago who would have identified themselves as regular attenders um, haven't connected at all, like at, not online, not in person. They it was like the world took a pause and. And they were like, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm good. <laughs> like I'm, yes. I'm fine. I don't need to connect there. And I, and I think that I, the question I've been raising with friends is like, that's an interesting group because I don't think to your point, I don't think it's just, I don't think it's that people are like, we don't like the forum mm-hmm. or it's, or it's like, it's like something is overspun. Something is, it, um, we, we, people have been connected to our churches and what we've been doing either as leaders or what we've been offering isn't actually meeting a deeper need in yes. their life. It's, it's like, it's, well, um, well Rich, it's, what we're, we're selling something that they're not even wanting no, to buy or something. When you said, talk about the form, people are longing for a form that transforms. Right. That's good. And it is, it, it, and what they're telling us is showing up on a Sunday morning, three out of four Sundays online or otherwise is not transforming me that I, I don't need more information about God. (laughs) I want an experience with my life in God and this sort of um, approach that we've taken uh, largely in the Western Protestant evangelical church is people feel like they haven't gone to church if they don't get a sermon on Sunday. Right. Well, right. shame on us because that's ridiculous. We, we should yes. say, yeah, we've, we've reduced it. We've we, we, really like, if you were to show up and not get your sermon, you'd be like, I don't, I didn't go to church this week, which is right. crazy. So I know that some of the, the, sort of experiences that I'm providing are really just that experiences. They set the tables that people can slow down and center and find an experience in their life with God that actually makes a difference. Great. All right. Push us on that. So uh, (laughs) how do you, so I'm sure there's people that are listening in that are, are, well, hopefully you haven't stopped, but, 
but might be like, ah, I think I'm going to skip yes, to my other podcast. I know. That's going to show me how to do 12 things in 12 minutes. I know. Uh, you know, th- but, but, but let's, let's push us there. How as a leader or a person listening in, mm-hmm. how do we actually add some of this discipline of, of slowing down? How do, what does that look like uh, in, in a world where, you know, it's like, we're just so addicted with accomplishment. How do we, how do we slow down? Yeah. Well, let me just also say part of what I just said to you, that the the solution isn't just slowing down. I mean, I think slowing slowing down ha- can, can be defined in a lot of different ways. But what I would say is, you know, many of the people listening are familiar with Myers-Briggs temperament. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of people don't realize is that 70% of the population are sensates and mm. not intuitives. Hmm. They, hmm. We, we filter the world through our five senses. Right, right. A lot of people in church ministry uh, are the intuitives. They're the, they, they type mm. in on it. Hmm. So hmm. we need to be thinking about experiences that are not just a mental ascent to right belief. We need to actually show how to believe, not just what to believe. Hmm. And hmm. I do think we should be looking at trying to create experiences even in a even in a Sunday morning service, although I do think church leaders are going to be, and I mean the pandemic has showed us that we need to get real creative as to the, the form, the how do we get. But the slowing down part, I I actually think that um, the people uh, that I meet are sometimes. So let, let me give you a couple examples before I tell you what I'm going to say. So I I just met with a bunch of church leaders this week. There's about 50 on the call. They're all senior pastors or executive leaders or people who have been in ministry for a long, long time. And the the leader who hired me to connect literally said, like, I totally theologically am in line with all of what you're all of this, but like I just don't know how and I just don't do it. Yes. And in my right. head, I'm thinking, <laughs> there's a lot of things that if you said that out loud, like theologically, I'm totally on in, on board here, but I just don't believe and I just don't do it. But I, I just don't do I'm it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fired. Right, right. <laughs> yes, right. Exactly. Slow the bus down. You would, yeah. But for some reason, this isn't one of those. Yeah, right? like, yeah. You know, it's just, so the other experience I have oftentimes is um, is when I work with with leaders, whether it's in a retreat in person or online. The experience is often like, I didn't really realize how much I needed that until Mm. after it was done. And they would admittedly say, you know, I'm the guy or I'm the gal who was was like, I don't, I don't have time for this (laughs) or like this, this feels too, too slow, too quiet, Mm -hmm. too, too kind of soft and gushy. Right. And, and the truth is we're, you know, we all know about the addiction to the smartphone, but we also have an addiction to how we experience and know reality and know God. And without getting too esoteric, you know, Western Protestant, well, Western, Western culture in general, but Western Mm -hmm. Protestant um, faith is a left-brained faith, right? right? It's logical, it's analytical, it's linear, it's verbal, right? Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. God is just like, really thrilled with how we have slam dunked the left side of our brains, but I, we have been created with the right side of our brain. And, um, and so that is more intuitive, nonverbal, musical, 
creative, artistic. And again, for people who are listening, they're like, yeah, yeah. And I get my worship pastor or worship programmer to like connect in on the art, on the art side. Yeah, exactly. They once we did this painting thing. We had somebody right. paint, right? And then they flipped the painting upside down, and it was Jesus. That's what you're talking about, right? right? That's not what I'm talking about at all, because because I think that we have been beautifully and wonderfully made so that we know, we know, and by saying no, we know love, we know we get wisdom, not just in our brain with thoughts, our mental, mm-hmm. but we know in our emotions, and we even know mm-hmm. in our bodies. There's a knowing that happens, but we're so disconnected. We don't know how to quiet ourselves. We don't know how to sort of work on the inner landscape of our life. So really, this is, this is a conversation about spiritual formation in some ways, Absolutely. which I think yeah. needs to precede um, sort of the conversation around discipleship that so many people are yeah, let's, so let's pull those two apart. That's an interesting. So sp- spiritual formation. You know, if you've been in the church long enough, you've been leading for long enough. You've heard people use that word, but you're not necessarily sure what that is. You're like, wait a second, isn't is that like a Catholic thing? <laughs> right. Or like, is that you know, like what what is that? How how would you um how would you kind of pull apart what is spiritual formation? Um, and how does that relate to discipleship? How does that relate to some of those concepts that we might be more familiar with? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to sort of parse words or worry about our semantics too much, but what I would say is that a conversation that prece- that precedes sort of the how we go about doing things, like should we do mentoring? Should we do Bible study? Should we do prayer walks, which feels more like the discipleship conversation. The formation conversation is like, what is the soul? How, you know, when we see that be transformed by the renewing of our mind, what are we talking about there? What is, what is the connection with uh, mind, heart, and body? And how do we, how are we formed actually? So again, there might be some people saying, you know, Krista, that we talk about that when we talk about discipleship. And that's great is if you're talking about it. But I think we need to spend some time. I think this is partly why the Enneagram has become so popular um, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. It, it's touching on the deeper terrain of people, why they do what they do. I think that's why meditation has become increasingly popular because people are realizing that they are more than their thoughts and they are more than their emotions. Right. But you have to get a lot of a distance from the the crazy activity to actually see that. And uh, yeah. Okay. So, so help me pull this apart a little bit. So one of the things uh, is just true that as modern people living in generally the West, the mostly North America, mostly the States yeah, who listen to this podcast, you know, we have more information than, than everybody that preceded us. We, you know, our access to information is just unprecedented. Mm-hmm. And I do think in the kind of modern era, era, we were given this idea of like, if you could just learn more, then eventually uh, you would attain, even in the Christian world, in the faith world, it was like, well, just keep learning and eventually you'll learn enough things. And then somehow you'll become like Jesus. But I think for anyone that's been, journeying for a while, you realize that just isn't true, that it, that there does seem to be this problem where it's not that the people in our church, it's not even necessarily us, that we need more information. We need to know more about God, more facts. There's something deeper 
Um, and I think a part of what you're you're talking about is pointing us towards that. You're saying, hey, this is this isn't about um, you know, this isn't about like dumbing down or or not, you know, n- not paying attention to that left brain, but it's saying there's another whole other conversation that we need to be having. Mm-hmm. What would that look like in a leader's life? Because I think there's so many well-worn paths towards this is where you go to read more books. You listen to podcasts like this to get more information, to get things to apply. But but what does it look like to say, okay, I want to have a more creative, uh, you know, I want to open up that part of my life more. What would that look like in a leader's life? Yeah. I mean, the good news is it really depends on the leader. <laughs> I think, I think you know, there's not a prescription that yep. uh, works for every single person. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, I think that the, 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 curiosity that is required to Mm. to move into new spaces and then not only curiosity but the courage that comes once you follow curiosity Mm. that i think is that that that's true for everyone if they're saying if you have leaders who are like i really want to move in this direction okay great but i do think that there are practices and and this is that this is we practice these things because we're really bad at them and right. and we practice because what we're trying to do is um, kind of cross train the aspects of our spiritual life. And so it's like if you go to a gym and you only lift arms, that's kind of like what we've been doing. It's like we 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 memorize scripture, we we take the courses, we learn, 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 we read the commentaries, we okay, mm-hmm. arms check. But Great. there's that. a lot of other muscles that have been atrophied. And so just an, just an exploration. So some of the, the work that I do is, is offering practices, you know, people who would be, I've never done anything like this before. And mm-hmm. they're more embodied. Um, that sometimes freaks people out because in general, we in the church have, you know, we have a couple sermons around the body and that's about it. It's like sermon one, don't have sex before you're married. <laughs> sermon two. Yes. You're a temple, so like, don't drink and smoke. That's about it. Sure. So right, you know, there's right. some good conversations about how we can um, know God in our bodies, mm-hmm. um, and and I think it is just practice. It's like practicing mm. staying present to the present moment. Often, what I say is, you can only experience the presence of God in the present moment. Mm. Hmm. Think about that for a minute. You can you can yeah, remember when you experienced the presence of God in the past. You can look forward to experiencing the presence of God in the future, even if that's just five minutes into the future. The actual experience, of the presence of God is in the present moment, but studies are telling us that we have the attention span of eight seconds. Right. right. You know, goldfishes have the attention span of nine seconds. And yes. it's dropping <laughs> dramatically in in this the past two decades. So we need to practice these things. And I think there are ways in which we can do this. Yeah. So help, help us understand um, even your role as you would engage with a leader or someone who, mm-hmm. who comes to you and says, yeah, I want to practice. That sounds good. Like, yeah. yes, I, I see that. What would be some of those early steps that you would help someone take, um, you know, that I'm sure, you know, you end up having kind of a common path to at least to start walking down. What, what yeah, does that look like? Sure. Well, someone asked me once, like, what, what is soul, what is soul play really? And, and part of what I'm sort of thinking about is it's, it's almost like an outfitter for the okay. spiritual life. It's like, there's these, there are these spiritual technologies. Some of them are very ancient and, mm-hmm. um, 
And, and so I want to outfit people for their spiritual life. So one of the things that I would do with an individual, and I'm talking about an individual here, um, wouldn't, you know, I do spiritual direction and coaching. So it would be a, it would be a deep listening to mm. what the person is wanting and help. So the thing, the misnomer with the word spiritual direction is that I don't direct the individual. I help them direct their own attention to God. Mm. And that oh, is good. what a, that's what spiritual direction is um, mm. in its best forms. But when it comes to a retreat or a workshop, you know, that is often just an introduction to the experience of slowing down and giving people the opportunity to turn inward. I do things work with the Enneagram. So that also is a a whole other other piece that I work on. But I would, I would like for people to know that there are these quote unquote, spiritual technologies that have been a part of the Christian tradition and other faith traditions for 1000s of years, that we really can, um, work well with and, 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 and pay attention to our own soul and the spirit that is within. Very cool. Well, you, uh, you're again, you're the, the kind of leader I want to make sure people are following and getting a chance to connect with. You've given us some PPE, you know, here, here we are, you know, we, a year ago, none of us knew what PPE was. Uh It was like one of those, like, what does that mean? Um, but you've given us some PPE today in, the, in our show notes to download that. Uh, tell us about this this tool that you've given us, which I think is super helpful for people in this season. Yeah, well, this is a good example of what it means to slow down and to wake up to your life so that you can love well. It is a set of questions that I'm just calling personal pandemic evaluation, PPE, you know, clever, clever. And there is a list of questions that you can use as individuals with your family, with your staff teams, even your whole church can use the, it's a free resource. And it really is a set of questions to help process the year that we have had, the, Mm. the losses, the gains, the connections between the two, the things that you are feeling as you're looking forward for the future. Mm. Um, And these Mm. are just ways to say, I'm going to take a half hour to just slow myself and pay attention. um, And then, and and see where it goes, see how it can inform your next right step. Love it. Well, I I would encourage you again, just click the link in the show notes and um, you you could pick that up. And I do think it could be really helpful for you as an individual or even with a team to say, hey, we're going to we're going to try to process this together. We're going to think about these questions together um, to slow down and to ask, hey, you know, where are you at? Where are things at? Recently, I was at when you were thinking about um, you're reflecting on that that meeting you were at recently with those senior leaders. I, I was thinking about a similar conversation I was I had within the last month with a small group of senior leaders. And um, one of the leaders, he just it was like he was letting this taking this huge bag off his back and putting it on the ground in the conversation. And he said, you know, this last year um, has been hard, but I don't want to go back to how I was before this. You know, I, this is one of those kind of leaders who would be getting on a plane all the time, flying all over the place, you know, super busy, busy, busy. And uh, this person was reflecting in a really honest moment and said, like, I just, I'm, I don't want to go back to that. I don't. And, but there was also a sense of fear because it was like, I'm not, really sure and they didn't say this but they quite like this but they were like i'm not sure how to structure my life 
Yes. Without that, right? And and I think there's so many of us are carrying that, uh, you know, that with us for sure. So how do you engage with, let's talk about an individual leader. There might be leaders who are listening in today who would say, hey, I would be interested in connecting, uh, you know, with you to think about spiritual direction. What does that look like? Um, and can you do that over the internet? Or do you need to be in your backyard? What is that? What does that look like? For you? Yeah, thanks for, thanks for asking that. Yeah. So I, I um, work with individuals all over North America. Mm-hmm. And a spiritual direction, it, you know, we, we discern if it's the right fit, right? It may just be not the right time, but we discern if it's the right fit. Spiritual direction is a practice of paying attention. So I like to meet with people anywhere between four and six weeks. And it's not something that is just meant for an acute crisis. It's a practice that you bring into your life over course of time. So there are people who, who connect with spiritual directors for years and years and years. Now, I'm not saying people are tethered to me for life, but uh, we meet over Zoom and it is a 50 to 60 minute experience where uh, sometimes um, there's a specific contemplative practice that we might do together. Other times it's just me listening deeply to the individual who maybe is going through a time of discernment or trying to just notice the action and presence of God in their life over the course of the month. Um, We always spend time centering and grounding because that, that is a practice to be able to say, how do I get Mm -hmm. from the crazy hustle of life into the very stillness of this moment? And uh, so that that's that's one of the ways in which I would connect with an individual. And online has worked f- fabulously well, um, better than I thought it would. And and it's so is, same is true with um, with connecting with um, groups online. I've, yeah. I've kind of been a little surprised, to be honest, that the nature of the types of, of retreats and workshops that I offer, um, it actually works pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, to to do it in in the zoom format, you know, it gives me Mm -hmm. some leverage to create an experience with some music and some um, slides that that works for people. But honestly, they all all are experiences that invite a slow and a quiet approach to noticing and experiencing uh, the presence of the divine. So well, Krista, I just think the world of you, I think of the world of your your leadership and and the help that you're providing to so many. And so thank you for uh, you know, for taking some time out to be with us today. If we want to send people online somewhere to connect with you, where where do we want to send them? Yeah, it's real simple. If you just go to soulplay.ca, soulplay.ca, you will find everything about my work. You'll find information about me, how to connect. Um and would be happy to have a conversation with anyone who wants to connect. Nice. And yeah, .ca, that's for Canada. For all our American listeners, that's for Canada. That doesn't mean – but it still works in America, believe it well, or not. It, it, trust it, me, if you go to soulplay.com, you will find a very different experience. I've tried <laughs> – Now you know I'm I, going to. I, I, I know, you've got I've, to. And I've tried, I've tried to get the URL, and it, she just – or he, I don't know who it is. They don't want to. So anyways – .ca <laughs> for now. <laughs> That's funny. That's great. Well, Krista, I appreciate this. Thank you so much for your time today, for taking some time out and uh, for connecting. And, and thanks for this resource, the PPE. And uh, you have a great rest of your yeah, day. Thank thanks. you so much. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter 
at Rich Birch or through email, rich at unseminary.com. Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com. It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.